Tonight is a special evening for a great feature because summer holiday is in full swing. But whether you are going to chill or just be busy, be sure to leave some time for self-care. Here is our intern Samuel Lee talking to a student and expert on student wellness. In Hong Kong, assignments, tests, exams, and extracurricular activities often fill students' schedule. Apart from grades and personal portfolios, a healthy mind is also essential to students' development. In recent years, there has been a more holistic term called well-being, not just covering mental health, but in being comfortable, healthy, and happy. At the same time, teens also embark on an important stage of their growth. They try to identify themselves, know the society better, and live more independently. Before listening to grown-ups, let's start by hearing from the students on their own concerns, pressure, and how they deal with it. Here is Kristen Lay from the Hong Kong Joint School Society of Psychology, who is also a secondary school student. I believe that students face academic stress, for example, public exams or tests at school, or social pressure, or some uncertainties under the COVID-19 pandemic, for example, great inflations or school suspension, and also maybe unemployment after graduation. Indeed. Learning to cope with the different emotions in our lives is an important lesson to learn, even for adults. Professor Eun Shu Man, a professor and deputy head of the Department of Social Work and Social Administration in the University of Hong Kong, said the problem of student well-being in Hong Kong rooted from the Chinese culture. In the case of Chinese society, we have a strong tradition of Confucianism, and we put much emphasis. On academic excellence, paying、uh, emphasis on academic performance. So that is something、uh, consciously or unconsciously built into the heart of most people. It need to、uh, challenge the traditional value, but that is the most difficult thing. So there are two things. One thing is something more abstract. We need to somehow change the、uh, the cultural values, putting too much emphasis on academic performance. So that is something abstract and intangible. But then the tangible side is also important. The tangible, tangible side is that our educational system put too much emphasis on a so-called a traditional pathway for the student. That is going up from primary school to secondary school and then to university. In year 2019 to 20, there are over a thousand patients diagnosed with depression or depressive disorders, according to government figures. In year 2015 to 16, that number is slightly over 400. From mid 2019, the government has implemented a policy to provide resources for two social workers in each secondary school. Professor Fiki Tam from the Department of Education Studies in Hong Kong Baptist University said that the social circumstances and the pandemic make people more ready to disclose to others that they need a hand. Well, when there is something going on in society. Uh, for example, this could be political events or unrest in the sense, or there's a public health crisis that relates to coronavirus that's been identified, and then there are casualty and fatality and the number of infections. So that put people in in an awareness mode. So they may be alert of their own situations in terms of their mental health, their mental well-being, and in some sense that could trigger some of them to to start to be more realized about whether there's anything that's going wrong with themselves. So that could actually make people more more ready or willing to seek help. 
While ramping up the assistance available is one thing to be done, it is also important that we listen to the students and help them in supporting each other. Establishing a good relationship between teacher, students, or parents and child is really important because this encourages students to talk about mental health issues with teachers or parents, and I think this is. The first step to building trust and bond with them plays a really important role in in mental health well-being, and at the same time, I think that students can also promote mental health among themselves and discuss about mental health and hold different webinars or discussion forums among students so that they know they're not alone and to also encourage them to seek professional help when needed. So students also have work to do when it comes to talk about mental health and mental health topics might sound less familiar with parents. So I guess students can also promote mental health to the general public. And Professor Vicky Tam find peer-based programs a good move. And find students capable on taking the initiative. Peer-based program definitely has their strengths and values, and I think it caters so much for the unique developmental needs of adolescents as they are developing their autonomy, their identity. So they are able to exercise their resilience in supporting themselves as well as rendering report for their friends and classmates. So. And allowing students to take part in in intervention or programs or prevention type of projects that can support mental health, I think these are very good initiatives. And schools in Hong Kong, I think they are gradually, increasingly acknowledging this approach and and allowing students the space, uh, physical space, and also in terms of time. An opportunity allowing them to run their own programs, but I think the major hurdle in Hong Kong is really about academic pressure. So if schools and parents and and many students are putting priority over academic results, then then it would be quite difficult to motivate students to take part in peer-based projects or programs that relate to mental health. A project that I've been working with my colleague on is not. Specifically on mental health, but we're trying to promote positive youth development about their concern for society, their connections to uh, to other people, and so on. And we use a learning community framework so that we're involving、uh, secondary school students and university students and other community groups. And the secondary school students take a lot of responsibility in designing and taking initiative in. in Implementing the learning programs, and I think this is one good evidence to su- to suggest that、um, secondary school students have the capabilities and potential to to design and initiate activities when they're given the opportunity. With the students speaking on their concerns and hopes, and after listening to Professor Ng and Professor Tam, what would they suggest to students, teachers? Parents and how can we look at the problem as a whole? Schools, theoretically, ideally, should、uh, counteract this traditional trend. The schools should spread out the value that people are different. People have multiple talents, and doing good in academic study is not the only way. But of course, the school would like the the student to study hard. But then there should be multiple、uh, pathways. But in reality, there is a trick. 
The trick is that in order for a school to survive, they need to have the student to perform really well in academic study and do it extremely well in BSE so that they can maintain that to be benchmark. Schools are not just for learning from the books. School is not just for learning academic knowledge. There are so many other domains in adolescent development that we need to pay attention to. I remember some years ago, I talked to a secondary school teacher, and it's a teaching English subject. And she was sharing with me about uh, the behavioral problems, emotional problems of some of the students, and she was expressing how difficult it is to work with students with all these emotional and behavioral problems. So, I was I was this I was just conversing or chatting with her and trying to understand more about her circumstances, the situations. And then I bring up the suggestion that. Well, I think it's important to listen to your students to understand what's going on in their life, and that's a very important starting point for giving support and helping them to deal with their behavioral and emotional challenges. And the teacher looks at me and said, "Why? I'm just an English teacher. I teach English in my school, and that's it. Why should I be doing?" Things to look, to listen to my students to understand the problem. So this is a very conservative, traditional way of looking at the role of a teacher and the responsibility of a school. I'm very happy to find that many schools have improved beyond this sort of mentality. To young people, once again, it is really important to generate more opportunities for other young people to contribute. And I think that a lot of young people want to help, but they may not know exactly where to start. So step out of your comfort zone because a small act of kindness can mean a lot. And I personally, to be honest, really enjoy empowering young people around me and helping them believe that they are playing a significant role in making an impact in our community. Lastly, I want to encourage you all to step out, chase your dreams, and to contribute to our community because I believe that we all play an important role in making Hong Kong a better place. And all it takes is perseverance and courage. Thanks, Professor Ng, Professor Tam, and Kristen. Well-being is never a once-and-for-all process, but a path to take. Hong Kong is progressing in this path, but a lot more has to be done. Teachers have to give timely care to each student and teach them to express their feelings. Parents will need to talk to and encourage the kids more often, and the students themselves will also have to learn to cope with their emotions and ask for help when needed. By then, we may look forward to a day where students do well in school as well as living a happy life. As the saying goes, a healthy mind and a healthy body. This is Samuel Lee, and until next time, bye bye. Big thank you once again to Sammy. What a great feature! And don't forget to take care of yourselves, okay? Common room with Alison Howe. Common.